get the audio recorded? Okay. Okay. Um, we'll get started with the word of prayer, and then, Rose, you're going to give us an update on the last month's business meeting. Okay. Dear Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for another chance to discuss the finances and the um, just what you've been doing here at Meriden Hills as well as the school. We are so fortunate to be part of a ministry where you are actively involved and uh, involving us in your kingdom. I pray you'll give us wisdom in the choices we make tonight, that this ministry would continue to reflect your glory, your love, and your truth to this community. In Jesus' name, amen. I said last month. It was actually January. It was our last business meeting. So go ahead, Rose. The last business meeting was Wednesday, January 18th. <clears throat> the highlights were the budget for next year, which is this year. Um, so we didn't know what the amount we were expecting, but it was somewhere around 335000 The building enhancement um, here, we were going to do the flooring in the sanctuary, the parsonage upkeep, meaning uh, the siding, the AC, the deck, like the pictures he just showed. We have new members, um, Matthew and Marie Drost. Caliche and Constance Christopher, Luke and April Chapis, Lucas and Emily McCoy, um, Desmond and Paula King, Desmond King, Ariana King, and Natalie Citron. Um, and we discussed the church take on a um, one-year term. To inter yes, thank you. <laughs> Intern. Um, and we were going to put about 10K towards the payroll. And then the last thing on there is Domo Food. Um, the church uh, adjusted the housing for up to 33K and the salary down to 19. Um, the, that was for the voting on the ballot. And the majority of the vote won. And the majority of the vote won also for the intern, taking on the intern. And then. Um, we were, when we had the closed meeting, we spoke about the building, the Spanish ministry, and counseling. Any questions about the items on our agenda from last business meeting that we covered? Yes, Gail. Really? Were you, Gail? Yeah, is Gail, was Gail not on there? Oh, well, that was a mistype. Gail Tr Trotsky? Totsky, no R. Gail Totsky was also voted in. She, amendment will be made. Any other questions? All right, do I have a motion to accept the minutes from last business meeting? Steve, do I have a second? Sam Giovanni, all in favor? And motion carries. Business from last meeting is complete. Let's go ahead and pass out our profit and loss for... The first quarter, thank you, Steve and Tanino. Thank you, guys, John. First quarter, that's the first three months of the year. We are obviously in April, but we're only going to discuss January, February, and March. The month of April will be discussed when we have our next business meeting in the summer. Normally, I break down for you what has been spent versus what was budgeted. This time, I... Went ahead and just kept the profit and loss as it is, and now we're going to pass out the budget, and you'll be able to compare the QuickBooks version of the profit and loss, what was spent, to what we budgeted, and be able to see yourself between the two, what is the difference. I'm going to go through some of the more uh, expensive items. I'm not going to cover every single item on the profit and loss. So Steve's now passing out the budget that was approved in January. Pastor John is now passing out our weekly, our latest weekly donation report. This one is uh, April, April 16th. So this is 
reflecting what came in through tithes and offerings, what went in towards missions, specifically towards Go Honduras, Chris Burkholtz, and then event payments. That's essentially our money in, money out for anything from missions trips to couples outings. That way that money is not reflected as tithes and offerings income, right, Sam? And we're not thinking that, oh, we had 20 extra thousand dollars come in last year. Well, yeah, but, you know, 10,000 of that was the missions trip. So it wasn't a- actually true tithes and offerings. So this uh, events payments can tell us, uh, it can allow us to process money through our account without inflating the overall tithes and offerings. The weekly donations report does have two sides. If you see the front side, well, what I call the front side, that's the actual amount that came in on April 16th. And the opposite side gives you what is currently sitting in each account. Our general fund is essentially the savings account that funds our budgeted items, pays our bills, and takes care of including, I believe, payroll. That is, payroll comes in. Basically, pretty much everything comes out of general fund except for the line items that you find above the general fund. The top item, building remodel fund, is a fund that on occasion we have needed to borrow from. We always repay it back if necessary. Unforeseen things happen. That building remodel fund is essentially, you might say, our savings account. And we're using it, we're, we're, we're keeping it there for now to uh, use for future when God does give us the next step on what it should look like here. If we're going to break down walls or whatever it might be, we have some money to put towards that. At one point, we were thinking we put it towards expansion in the sense of either building somewhere or purchasing building. I think that per our last conversation, that is not a likely scenario. I think that that fund is now more likely to be used in uh, broadening this sanctuary, opening up some walls once the school moves out. And this business meeting is is not going to be dealing with the school moving out. We don't have enough information on what that might look like other than what we already know. And that is uh, Middlefield is still hoping to close down that building and hoping to sell it to us. But if they do, it won't be in the ne- before the next two years. We'll update you as we know more. And the next step is going to be sometime late um, fall this year or winter next year. The the town is claiming that they're going to take some steps towards another vote on the board of um, getting a loan to build on another building. And if they get that loan and that approval, they're just going to close the school and move the students over there. And that way they're going to kind of get around the issue of the citizens, the local residents of Middlefield not wanting to close that particular school. So there is still a chance that we may get that building. And that's kind of what we're waiting on now to see what that will look like. And I'll tell you why we're waiting. There's just nothing else out there. We were looking for a long time, and all you find are dilapidated uh, office buildings that would require a lot of renovation, a lot of money, and they still wouldn't really be the design that we need, not to mention they're not in the location that we want anyways. So unless God gives us something between here and then, we're just going to continue waiting out to see what that building looks like in Middlefield. Let's go through the... Profit and loss, as you do so, I recommend you hold the profit and loss in one hand and maybe the budget in the other as we'll go through them together. Let's start with the tithes and offerings. We had about $87,000 come into our uh, account here in the church in the first quarter. Of course, if you multiply by that, that by four, you're getting uh, above and beyond what we expected to come in. We were basing our budget outside of missions on 330000 at 87,000, you're looking at more like 300 and, and up towards the 40 plus thousand. That's still pretty close, but we are on track to more money coming in to the uh, budget than we budgeted, not less money coming in. Obviously, with the nonprofit, especially money coming through tithes and offerings, at any time something could change. Uh, we aren't guaranteed anything, but it is looking promising. Okay, let's go through the budget. Benevolence, we spent $3,427. Now, Sam, do you remember that amount, what a good portion of it? Okay, so thank you. Because we only budgeted $1,500. So we raised the $3,200 and gave, or $3,000-something dollars, and gave that to them. That's why we're so over budget uh, above and beyond, because that money came in. Okay, thank you, Sam. 
The church enhancement, 3265 We budgeted 15000 and I'll tell you why we budgeted so much. We're looking at redoing the flooring. We're going to vote on that tonight, and uh, we have money that we budgeted towards the flooring. Cleaning products, 1800 and we budgeted 6000 so we're good there. Insurance expense, we spent just over 3500 and we budgeted 20000 so we are doing fine there. Uh, going to, let's go down to mission support. So we had not 10000 going out, and what were we expecting? Where's the missions? 40000 So that's also within the budget, on track to be within budget. Now, the community outreach, let's talk about that. We've already spent 17000 on community outreach, and I was... Um, not thinking when I made the budget, I was not considering that a good portion of the Winter Toy Workshop, the money we spent on the Winter Toy Workshop, ended up passing into January. The reason is we spent it using a credit card. Sam paid the credit card in January, and therefore the, the, the outreach from December last year was paid in this year, and so our outreach of this year is extremely inflated as far as how much we've spent so far. I have not spent 17000 in three months. A good amount of that, I think 10000 Sam? The toy workshop, do you remember? <laughs> how many pennies, Sam? Look at this guy. He's like a machine, man. Whoa, Sam. Uh, now, if you remember correctly, we actually had a large donation amount. Do you remember that, Sam? How much that? Okay. So the 7000 donation allowed us to spend around $10,000. I would not have normally spent that. Definitely, we were not budgeted for spending that amount. But when 7000 came in, I went ahead and moved forward with giving toys to the 200-plus kids. I think it was like 250 to 260, something like that. It was in, it was in the mid-200s that we ended up giving toys and candy and giving that experience to that I had not originally planned for. And... Um, did not budget for either, but because 7000 came in, we went ahead and did that. The problem is, as you see here, that, that 10000 or so was rolled into this year. So we've spent about 7000 for this year as far as the last three months are concerned. We had budgeted. You had agreed on spending 10%, and at $332,000, you're talking about $33,000. If we spend 7000 every quarter, that gets us to about twenty eight, thirty thousand. So we're on track to spending this year what I budgeted. Unfortunately, I started 10000 in the hole because I wasn't thinking that, that. I should have known that. I've done this long enough, but that was my fault. So just explaining why that number is inflated. That number is going to be inflated the rest of the year. I do still plan on spending 10% of this year's money on this year. So we're going to end the year, unfortunately, over budget because of what we spent last year. Are there any questions about that that you guys need clarification? Then let's go to the next page. The various ministries we have, well, 32 includes the 17 from outreach. So let's just deal with the teen group. We're not going to talk about the winter retreat. That was money in, money out. The teens paid a large portion of that. So just the general expenses for teens, 1400 and... We budgeted 10000 so Ethan is well under budget on the amount he's spending there. Office supplies, uh, spent sixteen, almost 1700 and we budgeted 4000 so we, we could potentially be over budget on that. I'll have to watch that and make sure we don't go too high on that. The administrative expenses, spent just shy of $1,200, and um, boy, I can see now why I always put it next to it, making my life harder. Do you guys have that amount for me? Anyone see? Administrative. Office supplies. Yeah, on my budget. I don't see that. It's, bud it's on the budget. Sam, where would we put the administrative expenses? Do you remember? Because I thought we always... I don't think it was under office supplies. I thought we had a separate budget amount. Do you remember, Sam, if we did? All right, Sam's going to look it up. We'll come back to that. Good thing Sam's here. Okay, Parsons' expenses, 20000 17 of that having been the upkeep we had budgeted for that amount, so we are 
fine as far as the budget concerns, and uh, we're going to be spending a good portion of um, what we said we were going to be doing. Okay, looking for the parsonage upkeep, 20000 So we actually spent 23000 budgeted twenty, and the reason we went three more thousand was because of the deck. Originally, the guy told me that the deck was included in that price. He speaks Spanish. I don't know if it was my fault for not understanding him or if he was hoodwinking me. To this day, I still wonder, but I will tell you this. The people who did quote me who speak English on the deck and the siding were in the mid to high 20s. So even though he said... When he actually was pulling the deck, he says, hey, you know, the 18 doesn't cover the deck. I was like, "What? you said it did. That's what I told you guys. And he said, no, that's the way you like to look. We got to pull this off and do all this. I got to buy the supplies. So I went ahead and okayed it. And it ended up being 23. So it is 3,000 more than I had told you, more than we had budgeted. But at that point, I wasn't willing. The guy had already started pulling off the siding. And I wasn't going to try to find a new company to come and just do the deck. So I made an executive decision. <laughs> well, we sp spent. So, what's the eleven hundred here for then? Hmm. Well, I have. I constitutionally can spend two thousand above and beyond the budget. Looks like I created a, a line item and spent half of that two thousand. I'm allowed. Oh, the CCLI? Oh, well, we'll, we'll check. So Sam might have put it under that budget. Okay, well, you look, either way, um, we'll find out what it is, and we'll let the trustees know. We'll tell you guys what happened there. The trustees can be informed. Okay, let's keep going. We're going to jump down now to payroll expenses. Total payroll expenses are 15000 and of course, that's just in line with the payroll that we had agreed on as a budget. You can see the budgeted item. The payroll salary for the pastor is 19000 So, Sam, this includes the associate pastor housing and pastor salary and senior pastor housing as well. So if you look at the housing of all three, pastor housing, 33000 assistant pastor housing, 12000 and then pastor salary, 19000 So you can do the math and see that we're within the budget and on track for that. Why is that? That's the that's the youth pastor, the assistant pastor. Oh, I see. So we budgeted for two guys and we've only been paying one. You're right. Okay. And that will pick back up again when Ethan moves. All right. Thank you, Sam. Repairs and maintenance is pretty small. We're going to skip that. Special events, services, 1600 Budgeted 5000 Oh, uh, uh, 2000 Okay, you go to the next page. It's 2000 budgeted 5000 And then utilities. Yes, utilities, $15,000, and we budgeted fifty. So that's going to be close. Uh, we'll see how it goes as it gets a little cooler. Uh, in the spring here, and then again in the fall. Uh, well, as we, I don't know what's going to happen with the weather. It's been crazy the last couple months. We'll see what happens. Either way, it is <laughs> snow. That's right. Either way, I, I am a little concerned. I'm not convinced we're going to be under 50000 With the merit and utilities having gone up, um, I'm thinking it's going to be more. We'll update you. Really? Really? Well, that would be nice. Let's see. We'll update you guys in the summer. We'll, we'll reevaluate re in the summer. Right now, I'm going to leave. We're not going to do anything about that tonight. Just letting you know that that's probably unlikely to, to be under budget. Any questions about anything that was spent versus budgeted? That is correct. We did change suppliers for the church. The Eversource what, bumped up to like 23 cents or something like that. Yeah. So we, I changed it over at... 14, 17 cents, Sam? Was it something like that? I got a commercial rate. The residential rates are lower. The commercial is a little higher. And it was, I think it was like 12 plus months that it locked us into that rate, and we could cancel at any time. There's no cancellation penalty, anything like that. So the, it will go down a little bit, especially during the summer when we're going to be using a lot of AC, of course. 
You're right, and the parsonage has not yet been changed over, and I will work on doing that. Thank you, Sam. Any questions? Do I have a motion to accept the expense and budget for the first quarter? Mandy Isherwood, second. Christian Gilbert, all in favor? Motion carried. Let's go ahead and pass out our ballot. There are three things to vote on tonight. Two new member families. Patricia, could you please stand for me just briefly so people know who you are. Patricia is, thank you, Patricia, Gail's sister. Gail, the one that was ghost voted in last month, right? <laughs> I remember you were on the ballot. I do remember we voted you in. So Patricia is Gail's sister. Gail loves our church so much she invited her sister. And Patricia fell in love with our church, has gone through the Constitution, is in agreement, is um, is saved, needs to be baptized. We're going to vote her in tonight on the condition that she will be baptized shortly. She's just waiting for me to fill the tank up again and do the baptism again. We will be doing that within prob by the end of May. We'll take, take care of that uh, probably sometime in May. And then we have Joel and Carrie. If you guys could please stand briefly for me. Similar scenario, Joel and Carrie's son and daughter-in-law, Matthew and Marie, beat you to the punch. And they joined us last business meeting. And now Joel and Carrie, also having gone through the Constitution, saved and baptized and are ready to join our church. We'll be voting on them tonight. There is one item at the top to vote on. We already voted on the budget. I told you we would talk about it now, so we're going to have that conversation. And then... I do want to involve you in this vote, and every time people talk about changing church carpets, there's always the joke of church splits. The reason there's a joke is because historically, that isn't so far-fetched, not from Meriden Hills, but there are historical documented illustrations of churches having a lot of issues, and some people leaving churches, over color choice and style and so on. Now, tonight, I would like to have you vote on giving the trustees, which, by the way, it is literally their job description. The upkeep, the, the building, the decision regarding the building, that's in the Constitution, their job description. But I'd like for you to formally vote on giving them permission to make that happen. This is an unusual vote. In fact, I can't remember the last time, if ever, our church has done this. When it came to the flooring in the lobby, you basically, we budgeted it, and I chose it. When it was the flooring upstairs, you budgeted it, and I chose it. When it came to the flooring in the classrooms, again, I chose it. it, was, it I, Amy and I have been doing this for the last seven years. You guys are just giving us approval to, to spend money, and Amy and I are spending money on everything. I am doing this purposefully different now because unlike the lobby and the classrooms and the hallways, this sanctuary is where you guys worship. This is what you're going to be seeing, and, and, and it affects you way more than a classroom or even the lobby affects you. And there is wisdom and counsel. The men, we talked about this last night, the trustees aren't necessarily um, maybe the most um, equipped to, to choose flooring and coloring. They're not designers by any stretch of the imagination. So you are voting to trust them to do their homework, to talk with people who have that kind of expertise, whether it's bringing in an expert. We, that is not something we wouldn't be opposed to. I mean, we may bring in an expert and say, this is what you see. What do you expect? What would you suggest? Um, we are definitely going to do something different than what you see now. It's not going to be carpet. If it is, it'll be carpet tile. We're not going to be doing just one massive carpet again. There are other suggestions we've discussed, but we will be speaking with people who do have expertise. In the end, someone has to make a decision, and I think as a pastor, it would be good to have the trustees all unanimously, unanimously agree on what that decision is. So it's not just me making the decision, hey, here's my favorite color, and you know, putting it on the ground here in the sanctuary. There will be other men, all of us, after doing our research, talking with some professionals, deciding this is what's best for the sanctuary, and then we're going to make it happen this summer. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to um, get a carpet guy out here. He's going to give us an idea of when he can get it done in the summer. We're going to have a contract signed to make sure we lock in those dates because I am going to rent out uh, the band shell at Hubbard Park. We're going to have two Sundays at the band shell in Hubbard Park outside of the Memorial Day, which we are going to do. Memorial Day, like we did last time on Sunday, picnic and all that thing. We have two more Sundays back-to-back -back in a row in the summer so that there's no need to come into the sanctuary, and we're going to give 
two weeks, and the reason for two weeks is because we're going to pull the carpet up ourselves. We'll save a lot of money doing that. That'll give us some time, who are not professionals, to move everything out, pull everything up, clean the ground up, so when the guys come in and do whatever we ask them to do, they can just do that without the the concern of, oh, we have church this Sunday, we got to get it done by, like, this Friday or this Saturday and put everything back. I don't think it'll take them two weeks, but I'm concerned it might take them more than five days. So, you know, I would imagine it'll be done by, like, the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of the next week, which would give us a few days to put things back in place and, and not worry about even then, you know, doing two Sundays just to, for extra safety in, some, in case something happens. So that's how that's going to look. You're not going to come in here with the floor bare, concrete on a Sunday. We're going to enjoy ourselves at the park, have a cookout for two weeks in a row this summer. Any questions or comments or concerns about the vote? Yes, Michelle. Um, just with them being in here for two weeks, how would that affect the summer camp? It will not. The summer camp doesn't need to use here. We, we can use the sanctuary. We do use it, but we can use the lunchroom just as easily. And then the preschool will just be in there, and then they can use the bathrooms upstairs if they need to, or they can use the staff bathrooms. we got things they can do. Sam. With the vote for the trustees to pick the style, everything else, you said that it wouldn't be out of the norm or out of the question to bring in some sort of professional or some sort of outside opinion? No, I think... Is there any way that that is that kind of like a guarantee, like that's what they are going to do? Or is it they could do that I can't guarantee because if a to. professional wants $5,000 to tell us to well, put down a floor and I won't or do something, it. Or something like that. Like an out, that's why I said also outside opinion because I'm not, I'm not like... Oh, okay, I'll tell you that. I promise you this. The trustees will definitely get opinions of people outside the trustee board. Okay. And if a professional who actually that's their job would right. give us an opinion within reason, then we will do that. Otherwise, the opinion will be people, even in our church or other churches, will have a right, pastor right. who's done this before, and um, the flooring guy. He obviously will be a professional opinion of this might look good, this might look good, and we'll, we'll evaluate all these. Okay, that makes sense. Yes, Rose. Um, this is the 15th question, Dave. <laughs> um, so with the floor being done and we're not having carpet, is the... Is the tile going to be as warm as the... Cause the oh, we're not saying already... tile. I say if we're doing carpet, it'd be carpet tile. Carpet tiles. Carpet squares. That is correct. Right. And that's why. Damaged pieces because of our school and the, uh, right. the amount of use it gets. Okay. And are they going to match the chairs or the chairs going? Great question. So I am not overly... Um, concerned about it matching the chairs because I don't believe these chairs are here for much longer. We are not going, <laughs> Sarah, burn the chairs, burn the chairs. These chairs are expensive. To replace 200 chairs, tens of thousands of dollars. It is not 10,000, it is not 5,000, it is over $10,000 to replace all these chairs. It'd be a lot of money to replace 200 chairs, unless you're buying them used. I don't have interest in buying them used. I am thinking that we will probably uh, be replacing chairs once we knock down that wall. And then once we uh, open up the space, then we'll probably do a redesign here in the whole sanctuary and replace the chairs then. So we're not looking to replace the chairs this year, but we are going to replace them some year. And I don't think we need to match the carpet to chairs we are going to replace within the next couple of years. So it may be a couple of years where the chairs don't match exactly. Obviously, we'll do our best to make sure it's not so contrasted. But <laughs> Close your eyes. Close your eyes, Miguel. Close your eyes when you worship. <laughs> I look, guys, if you're willing. Now, I'll be, I'm going to be honest with you. My guesstimation of 10,000 plus is purely a guess. I haven't even looked into it. I, don't, I may be off. Maybe it's only 5,000. I'm guessing because I know these are expensive. I have a floor guy we have used for all the other flooring. I like his work. I'm probably going to have him come in and quote me first. I will get more than one quote. The trustee board will get more than one quote. If you have someone, you're welcome to send them to us. Yes, Abby. Yes. All right. So <laughs> once, once you put down the floor, let's put down the floor. We are, we're getting, the first thing we'll do is get rid of those blinds. And I'm actually planning to do that this year, the blinds coming down. Yes. And we will match that to the floor. So going forward, once the floor is down, everything else we do will start complementing what we've done on the floor. So this is the base, and we'll work from there. We're going to start doing some work on the stage as well. Uh, you'll see some, maybe some slight changes. The bigger changes will be once we knock down walls. I'll just kind of give you my thoughts. Once those walls come down, they have to. We, we cannot continue with the limited space in here for planning on staying here. 
I'm thinking we're going to uh, kind of get rid of this wall that so it's more open and we're going to bring the stage and wrap it around further this way. And so it's going to be more central to that way. So it's not people way over there looking here. There'll be a more central stage and that and the other side will be equally distance from the center. So you're going to see a big change on the stage once we do that, but I'm not looking to, you know, making all these massive changes now. There'll be minor changes throughout the next couple of years. Those walls can't come down until the school moves. They're classrooms currently. So anyways, the chair. So I was saying, I'm thinking 10,000. I could be completely wrong. That is purely a guess based off my assumption that I believe these chairs are easily over $200 each. Easily. That's my assumption. So if you're looking at replacing currently 200, but when we knock down the walls, you know, if we're getting 300 chairs, that's why I'm thinking we're getting up to 10,000 because you got to pay for shipping and everything else too. You're not just paying for the chair. That's how I got the 10,000 amount, but I could be wrong and it could be less. So I guess the question is, do you want to replace chairs now? This is not a vote, but I'm happy to hear you guys out. If you say, let's consider putting it in the budget for the summer once the flooring's done, why don't we just go ahead and buy 200 chairs now and start getting prices and find out what it actually is? Are there any thoughts on that? Liz has a thought. You already have the I mic, have so let's go back yeah, to what you were. I had a thought on something else. Yeah. So when, when you knock out the wall, is there a guarantee you're going to have the same type of flooring to finish? Yes, yeah, so we're going to buy there. extra. Yep. Okay. Especially if it's carpet tile, it's, we're going to buy extra and store it. I, I agree with you and consider that. So here, there's a pro and con to every flooring. I'll tell you, the, the, the uh, VCT out there, the chairs will be sliding everywhere. And when you sit down and sit back, it will just slide on the VCT. So it is the easiest to clean, but it's not really great for sanctuaries with chairs. The problem with carpet is this. It rolls and things like that. Carpet tiles are nice, but they also have their own issues. As far as cleaning, it's just vacuuming, which we do anyways now. Yes? They've replaced four of them in one year? Okay. Yeah, we've, we were... Yeah, they spill stuff on it. We have carpet tiles in our classrooms currently, so we've already experienced what it looks like in our building. They work out really well. We, I think the teachers like them. I like them. Teachers, do you guys like them? They worked out better than the rolling carpet we had before, right? When you vacuum it, you're like going over speed bumps. Do you remember that? Yes, I remember that. Abby, in the back. That is years down the road, so I have not consulted anyone. We definitely, for sure, will get a professional architect to draw us what the room could look like. That is not just going to be, let's start knocking down walls and see what happens. As far as flooring goes, it needs to be done. We can't wait till that happens, and it's, it's fine. It, we will buy enough flooring to match whatever we do. If we pull stuff up, put it back down, it'll be all right. Enough room for at least another 100 chairs, you know, back to there at least going that way, which would get us to about 300 in the sanctuary. Okay. You guys are way ahead of the game. This is not happening this summer. We are not knocking down walls this summer, guys. Calm down. It's like two, three years out at earliest. So I promise you we will have a more in-depth conversation before we start putting holes in the wall. I guarantee you. Yes, Miguel. John, you want to look up Google for me real quick these chairs. Maybe so the cost for the chairs we need would be twelve thousand dollars for two hundred chairs. Oh, all right. Then I wasn't so far off. I was starting to doubt so myself. So it's fifty-six dollars. <laughs> so start throwing numbers so out there. So you guys are gonna hold me to so it. So just so you know, okay. <laughs> so it's fifty-six dollars per chair. Plus you add a few dollars for shipping per chair. Um, but we're gonna if we go with a color that is pre-standard, this company that we order from will have these chairs until the Lord returns. So it's not like we can't order, you know. And if you need to sit in a chair after the Lord returns, then this is not the church for you. <laughs> oh. So with that being said, okay, we could pick a, a color that has been around for decades 
that we could always order an extra 100 or 150 or 200 chairs anytime we need to. All right. So then... Oh, and then you have worn chairs. That's a good point. They, you're right. You're right. Everyone wants everyone's to sit in the nice chairs, huh? They're not the worn ones. <laughs> when they worn down together, yes. You're right about that. That's well said because I was just thinking financial only. You know, does the church want to keep spending money this year on stuff in the sanctuary? But you make a good point. Abby. So that even though it's short term, it kind of brings everything together, but it also plans for the long term on what we want to do. I'm sure the trustees would be more than happy to hear out any opinions that you give. Just keep in mind you'll be one of many giving them. So please don't be overly sold on your personal opinion, but they will listen to all of them. And in the end, this is why you're voting on the trustees doing it, so there's no hard feelings of people who didn't get the choice of how it actually looks. So... I hear you. Turf. <laughs> Turf nights. Uh, if you include Pastor John and I, so it's, it's Tanino. Tanino, want to stand up for me? They, now everyone wants to know who to go to after the meeting. All right. And then Steve and Chuck and Don. There you go. So four and then plus John and myself. And Don, your wife. No. Tr- the wives are not the trustees. <laughs> Yeah, Brian. Yeah, go. A hot pink. Oh, my goodness gracious. Trustees, you do not listen to Anna. When she comes towards you, run away. <laughs> hot pink. <laughs> that is how it happens right there. Any other questions before we vote? Scott. No, it's been checked. We're good. Yes. Steve. No, so, no issue with his asbestos I mean, is what he was asking. We're good with asbestos in here. Steve. We, we, um, I'm sure the trustees will uh, take a look at maybe selling these chairs and harvesting a couple thousand dollars. Sure. You are I welcome mean, to we it. Can, right? The trustees, not pastor us, will do that because uh, I won't do that. Yeah, I am so, not interested in piecemealing like, these chairs out, but you, know, you are welcome to try. Yeah. If we can get a couple thousand dollars. Somebody else. I always may just want try to them. give stuff away and happy that it's gone. But yes, if you want to try to make money off of it. Wow. So. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay, Kim. I'm just thinking that maybe we can give it like another year or two because while a lot of these chairs are getting old, I feel like we do still have some life in them. Okay, You're laugh right. at me. No, I agree. No, <laughs> I am throwing away chairs constantly. I'm I running out of chairs like to throw away. As the students destroy them. That could be a waste them. of money. <laughs> That's why you see the couch back there. The chucks sit on the not chairs. Yeah. I ran out of chairs to put back there. But yes, the ones that are still here are still yeah. useful. I, I just agree. feel like if we gave them another year or two, then like, and we'd had the new carpet, we want everything switched around. But okay. like, if we're doing the carpet this year, I feel like these have enough life. Like, let's not throw away, in a sense, money. So I'm getting the general consensus that you're in agreement we should wait on the chairs until the walls come down. Can I have a raise of hands if that's the general? All right, good. Well, that I'm glad we're on the same page. So that's we'll stick with that. Any other questions or comments about the flooring and the trustees? Michelle. Okay, let's, let's finish the flooring first. We'll come back to the chairs. Any questions on the flooring and the trustees making that decision? Then, do I have a motion to vote on these three items? Miguel, do I have a second? Abby Gilbert, all in favor to vote on these items? Great. Please vote. The trustees. We collected the votes. <laughs> you guys are cheating. We, we already collected them. That is not them. how it works. I'm sorry. Does anyone have a vote they didn't turn in because they were following anybody protocol? anybody have? Oh. Sam was following protocol. Undecisive, the, the only, are we? Oh, the Maces are the only ones following so protocol. So undecisive. <laughs> we'll call it pregnancy brain. <laughs> <laughs> they're, doing, they're the only ones doing it right. What do you mean, man? Everyone else is doing it wrong. It was Abby Gilbert. Oh, you, now you don't even want Sam's vote. Now you're rocking off before you get Sam's vote. Okay, Michelle, now open discussion. What? Any thoughts on chairs, I'm assuming? That's what you said? Um, so as far as, well, I guess it's mostly the chairs, but also with the carpet, I guess. Um, it seems like you guys do throw away a lot of chairs. <laughs> yes. 
Yes, like we do. What, what is the process for trying to clean them first? Oh, we have tried, and, and on more than one occasion, the cleaning made the stain bigger, not better. Oh, I just, I didn't know... Like I <laughs> that is true. We didn't have professional cleaning, but yes. Well, right. Like there are. I didn't know like how worth it it would be to invest in like machines that will actually clean. Like I even have just a small one that I use, and it, if like I spill like you know grape juice on the couch or something, like it gets it out. I don't throw the couch away, but you know what I'm really? saying. So I <laughs> I just I found like here it seems like something spills and then it goes right out, and I feel like that's a lot of money for something we could invest in a machine. That would long term we could have to clean. Like I've even I've brought mine in to the. Would school. you be one to clean it? Yeah. All right, I will call on you. I Thank have you. before. Um, yeah, great. A lot of times it's not um, it's not the stain. The chairs are coming apart. The students literally have broken the chair. The pat the the seating is coming off. The back the fr- the bottom pad is coming off. That is, I'm not gonna say it. Maybe half of the time it's a broken chair. The other half is stained. I will definitely give you a call next time it's stained. Thank you. That would be helpful. Any other questions about the chairs? In the back, Sarah. Please. This is not your front room, Sarah. Do they have to be floral? <laughs> floral patterns. <laughs> um, I'm not a fan of chair covers. I feel like it'd be too homey. Everyone's going to sit back and fall asleep and expect, you know, hors d'oeuvres are brought to them or a snack or something. Recliners, please. No. We're not a movie theater. Not recliners. Anyone else? Great. Then let's talk about some items that are not necessary for voting. In fact, we can go ahead and close the business meetings, and the, re- the business meeting and the rest of tonight can just be a family discussion with, amongst our church. So do have a motion to close the business meeting? Sam again, and second, Josue Rivera. All in favor to close the business meeting. There's the majority. Business meeting is officially closed. So no need. Just I don't have to worry about the, the voting and the motions. Um, a few things I want to discuss. This is not a voting item, but I had a member come to me and ask, could we have a discussion about the Lord's Supper? I have had, I, I, don't, I haven't counted, maybe three to five people over the years come to me and ask, why, how, long, how often do we take Lord's Supper? It doesn't seem like it's very much. I bet maybe half a, half a dozen or so ask me that question. Um, I usually say, well, the Bible doesn't give you an exact amount of times the Lord's Supper should be done. My concern is the more you do it, the less special it becomes. And by the way, it's also why I space out the baptisms. And if I wanted to, I could, when I have four baptisms, say, all right, you're this Sunday, you're the next Sunday, you're the next, you know, put them, you know, like spread them out so we have a baptism every Sunday all month. If I wanted to do that, I could. I am trying to spread these things out so that when we have them, they are, I believe, special as God intends. I'm not saying I found the perfect balance. That's just my reasoning. If you've wondered, why are the baptisms spread out? Why are they not as often as a lot of churches have them? And why is the Lord's Supper as spread out as much as it is? And, and if, you've, if you've been in our church long enough, you've found we have the Lord's Supper about four times a year, once every quarter, sometimes maybe an extra, but about one every three months, you can expect to have the Lord's Supper. I recognize that is a long space in between. My concern is to have them closer would be to take away from the uniqueness of it. But I'm not stating that any closer than three months would do that. I just, that is my concern. So that's the route I've been going. I, when I look at the Bible, when Christ had the Lord's Supper the first time, you recognize it was a Passover, right? And the Passover was once a year. So it's not like the disciples were having the Passover all the time, but this is not the Passover. It was, it's the Lord's Supper in place of what they were doing, but that's, that's my theological reasoning. It's not maybe very sound, but now you hear my side. What I did tell the person, because this person actually asked, the only one that's ever asked this, they said, could we talk about it in a business meeting? No one's ever asked me that regarding that. I said, sure, of course we can. So let's talk about it. I'm happy to hear you out. And obviously there's going to be a lot of opinions. And so not everyone's opinions will be followed. You can't possibly do that. But I will hear what you say. Pastor John's in the back. We'll hear what you say. Pastor John and I will discuss this together and come up with a plan of action based off of what is said tonight with this group. Who would like to go first? Anna, over here. Nope, you don't need to because I'll, re- I'll repeat. It's okay. Oh, we are recording. All right, never mind. Sorry. 
So I agree with you. I think the four times a year is great. Um, in our home, and maybe, I, don't, I mean, whoever the person is, if they feel they want to do it more often, we do the Lord's Supper at home with our family. Um, You're not allowed. If, it has to be by <laughs> me in this building, Anna. So if you want, you know. <laughs> she's, she just ignores me. <laughs> and, <yeah. laughs> so, if, you know, if you feel you want to do it more than just what we do here at church. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit more personal. It's it's our family. Yeah, that's nice. So it's just something to think about that if you want it a little bit more often. I mean, you don't have to do it in a church setting. You can do it at home. So. She is right. I was jossing her. That is correct. There is no biblical mandate. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm not. I was, I was not serious. There's no biblical mandate that is done in this building with the pastoral staff. Yes, Gail. Oh, we're going to bring the mic to you so that those listening could hear you out. In the church that my husband and I were going to, we set up communion, and it was once a month, the first Sunday of every month. Mm-hmm. And we noticed that a lot of people are like, oh, it's that time again? So it's not, you know, I don't feel that it really is a special thing doing it once a month. I agree with you. I think having it certain times throughout the year is, is more special. Okay. Anyone else? Oh, yeah, Sam, you actually were right one in the beginning. We'll give it to Sam next and then go to Josue. Um, I, I do tend to like it spread out because I, I like the idea of, it being special, um, I, and again, this is just my personal preference just for me, I feel like that there is something to be said for it being closer to make sure it is a remembrance because, you know, kind of like Easter, you know, Easter is once a year. And sometimes even though it is once a year and it is really special, it can kind of be almost, you know, played up or or treated as as it should be you know and that's you know with other traditions and everything else like that it is still big and it is still you know important but because it is people tend to put their own opinions and put their own stuff in that with that being said I know we don't do communion once a year but with it being so far apart I think there is something to be said with it being a little bit closer together so that people are you know what this this is special. And, you know, uh, last month or, or two months ago, you know, I remember doing this and you know what, it's time for me to really, you know, have that time of reflection and time with the Lord. Okay. And so that's, thank uh, you. Josue, want to just hand him the mic? Thank you. Yeah. I'm thinking, uh, if we did it, if we do it four times a year, um, and it's a remembrance, right? Um, what is a profit to do it eight or 12 times a year, you know? I think four times is a good enough time. It's a break in between, and all right, remembered three months later, remembered, right? We do it 12 times. I just feel like, I don't know. I, I just, I don't I don't see the benefit of doing it more times. I think four times is a good enough amount of times. I'm curious. How many of you came from a church before this where you did it more than four times? Raise your hand. Uh, oh, so that's most of you. Okay, so this is fairly new for most of you who have been to a church now where it's only about four times a year. How many would say that's a new experience for you in your church where it's only four? That Again, that's most of you. All right. Uh, anyone else? Christine, we'll go to Christine, and then we'll go to Sam Giovanni, then we'll head over here to Carrie. I personally would like it a little more often. I'm not saying to do it even once a month, maybe every other month, but because every time we have communion, it's special every time to me. So instead of four, you're thinking six. Yeah. All right. I mean, it doesn't have to be every, you know, like once a month or every, you know, like that. But I just think, because um, it's special all the time. Because like if, if I'm on vacation, then I miss it. Or if I get sick that Sunday, I miss it and I have to go for like, Four months, or, yeah. I whatever. heard a church did, did a drive-through communion. You could just drive by, yeah. and they would. This is no, I'm not joking. They are actually yeah. doing this. You roll down your window, they administer the Lord's Supper, and you drive home. So there, yes. there's people doing that. Yeah. I'm glad no one suggested that because I ain't doing that. But okay. <laughs> I personally would prefer a little more. All right, I understand, Sam. Basically, I was going to say that that you, you, if you miss one, if it's like every quarter or whatever, and you're you're away or you're sick then you miss the fellowship and the remembrance at that point in time, and you're not going to have it again for another eight months probably. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Carrie, go ahead. So I guess my 
big thought was is you as a pastor, this really gives me anxiety. Oh, it does. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well. Um, but my thought, you as a pastor and the pastoral staff, they kind of can get a feel for when the Holy Spirit is working. And obviously, the Holy Spirit works every Sunday. But like Easter Sunday, it was amazing. There was just, it was just so intense, you know. So I think as a pastor, I mean, that should be kind of put on your shoulders, not to say that, you know, you have, an, I, I just think as a pastor, I think you make that decision, you make that call to see where the spirit kind of roams in, in the congregation, if that makes sense. I mean, to me, I just feel like if it is something that's done every Sunday or every other Sunday, it does kind of lose its momentum. It kind of loses its spontaneity. Yeah, which is what John and I will be doing after tonight. We'll talk this week. Uh, Kim, thank you, Carrie. I think that like um, four times a year or even six times a year um, is great because it keeps it special. I think it's difficult. I've noticed this um, is that the past few times I've been here for like what year, year and a half now, it's always been at a holiday weekend, and a lot of people are traveling then, so then they just never do the Lord's Supper with their church family. Mm. So, like, even if it is only four or six, maybe maybe doing four that have nothing to do with a holiday, and then if we want to do it on a holiday to make it special, then add that to the four, maybe, just because a lot of people are traveling. So. Okay. All right. Sarah, in the back, right next to you, Steve. Um, if we did something and we kept it kind of similar to how we're doing it now for those that are traveling, like you're saying around the holiday, what if we even have, you know, like an extra supply available for, you know, those that want to either take it on their own in like a basket or something on the back counter. Mm -hmm. If, you know, like they what Annie was saying, provide yeah, that for them. So they can yeah, do it at like home. provide it, right. You can, you know, do it here. You can do it at home, but at least that way it's being provided if you did miss it. But I definitely agree. I feel like the more frequently it's done, it almost becomes more of like a religious tradition than what it's actually intended for. For me personally, I would like to see more altar calls versus Lord's Supper frequently. I have a philosophy on that too, but we're already at 7.30, so I will maybe save that conversation for another time on altar calls. My, I'll give you briefly, my concern with altar calls is the belief that the experience is the decision. The experience at the altar is all that was required of you, and then nothing else changes. I am not saying it can't be done and can't be done well. I do it occasionally. The concern, as I stated, I see in Christians. I went to the altar. Everything's good. My life has changed. No, you just said you were going to change. <laughs> the change hasn't happened yet. And um, a lot of people get addicted to the euphoric experience of coming to the altar, but nothing actually ever happens. Not opposed to altar calls, nothing un wrong with them. If they're going to be done frequently, they need to be done purposefully, and there needs to be, I think, boundaries to protect someone from doing something like that. But what, I'm not opposed to that conversation another time. It is 7.30, so I'm happy to continue this conversation. Um, it, what I'd like you to do is talk to me or John personally at this point for the sake of everyone else and them needing to get home to kids. I have two more things I want to talk about. So please chat with John and I. This doesn't be tonight. This week, if you you can text us, call us, talk with us in person about the Lord's Supper. The next thing I want to talk about is the intern. We had voted to have an intern. Pastor John went to Pensacola, looked for an intern. Pastor Ethan went to West Coast, all the way to California, looking for an intern. No one was interested in interning at our church. I can't say that I know why. I can tell you. Um, we are in Connecticut. That's not necessarily the Hawaii and Florida of the world. And look, you guys, I love you. You love me. But I'll just be honest with you. Most people don't know we exist. Most people don't know I exist. And, and a lot of interns are looking for churches and pastors that are national brands, you might say. I'm not saying it's a bad or good thing. I'm just saying it is what it is. We will try again another year. What we did find is a young girl to intern over the summer. It's actually uh, Jordan Asbury's sister. Olivia Asbury. She's a very sharp, sweet young lady, 18. She came and visited with my wife and I during um, the, the other week, and we met her. My wife thinks 
She's a great girl. I think she's a great girl. She's going to intern with us over the summer, work in our summer day camp. She's going to work in the church with the kids. She's musically talented. She's going to work in some music programs. So I'm going to, I'm going to uh, kind of mentor her over the summer as I did Caitlin Amasula's sister, Emily Byram. I did the same thing for her a, a couple of years ago. I'm going to do the same thing for Jordan's sister now. So the church had voted $10,000 for an intern. She's only going to be here three months I told her we'd pay 45 but what's going to happen is because she's working for the summer day camp, the school is going to cover 25 of that, and the church is just going to give her 2000 So we're going to kind of split the cost there and um, I do give her a, a very generous gift. She's going to be here for 10 weeks, basically, uh, and give her a generous gift that's going to be used basically towards her college. She's going to Pensacola Christian College. So uh, that's the update on the intern. I'm not going to open it for discussion again for time. If you have any questions, you can let me know, but she'll be here in June, and she'll be actively involved in the children's programs. You'll see her. There's no need for housing. She's going to stay with the Asburys, but it, definitely I will open up an opportunity for you to take her to lunch on a Sunday or on a Saturday, connect with her and encourage her, and we'll get all those signups out later. The last thing I'll talk about is Joseph Montavo. We are still on track, just giving you an update, to vote Joseph in as a pastoral Spanish pastor this summer, working with our Spanish ministry. I've had the conversation with Pastor Rufino that, that was had before the last business meeting. He's fully aware that December of this year, the Spanish ministry will no longer be meeting in our building, and Meriden Hills is going to have our own Spanish ministry under the leadership of Pastor Joseph, which will be uh, voted in hopefully this summer. The vote's going to be on you. I can't tell you that will happen. I have not heard anything that, that uh, concerns me, but this is something that if you have any questions, I would prefer that you get them answered before the vote in the summer. Talk with Joseph, talk with his wife Anna, talk with me, talk with John, and let us know if there are any questions or just anything you need addressed before making that decision about uh, Joseph coming on the pastoral staff specifically for the Spanish ministry. We did discuss he'd be working in the school as well as kind of a guidance counselor. Uh, he'd be available to counsel members. I think, Joseph, we discussed it would probably look more like a group counseling session. Maybe weekly you do men for a few months and then switch to women maybe and do a group session for women. Your wife could join you on that as well if that was something that she'd like to do. Uh, so there is an opportunity for that ministry to enhance and to help our church as well. Not to mention, if there was a couple or an individual in our church who needed counseling, Joseph had stated last time, either he would help them or he would have the resources to guide you to someone that could help if there was counseling needed in our church that wanted it outside of the pastoral counseling, which, of course, I offer as much as I can. Are there any brief questions about the update on that? Because, again, it's not a vote tonight. It'll be in the summer. Okay, you are welcome to chat with me, John, Joseph, Anna at any time in the next few months. One more thing it came to me as I was talking about the next few months. Laura Palmer is getting married, and we are, I think, are throwing a wedding. Does someone know? Are we throwing our wedding shower? Does anyone know about that? Yes, yes good. I'm glad. We should be. She's been here long enough. We need to definitely be doing that. All right. She, but um, she is, she is going to be moving on to a different church. I'm not saying that to belittle her. I'm just letting you know. And the reason I'm letting you know is twofold. We'll be looking for a new pianist. John, we've, uh, we brought in Nate and Leanne, and Leanne plays piano. I can't think we're hoping that maybe she'd be a good fit. We don't know, but we are looking for a new pianist. And if you are thinking, oh, you know, I play piano and no one knows I'm like a professional piano player, and you haven't told us that, then talk with John, please. Because as of June, that's pretty much when Lura's going to be moving on in June. We will be looking for someone um, around that time. And not only that, Lura has been on the school board and will be looking for replacement for the school board. So if you are thinking that you'd like to be on the school board, our next business meeting, we'll be voting in someone for the school board. And we, we, I keep it to voting in women. It's already top-heavy on men because the pastors are automatically on the school board. So I like to bring in the uh, women in our church to represent. And so if you're thinking that's something you'd like to do, you can talk with me over the next couple of months. I will inform the church before the business meeting who those individuals are, and you've kind of already seen how I've done it. During the business meeting, you will stand up, introduce yourself, talk about why you want to be on the school board, and then people will be voting. And uh, I'll let them know the names of those on the ballot before the business meeting as long as you get me your name and that you're interested before the business meeting. Any questions? Okay, did uh, we count the votes? Everything's good. All yes. Welcome to the family, guys. Patricia, Joel, and Carrie. And trustees, the weight of the world is on your shoulders. Let's pray and you'll dismiss. 
Dear Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for your love for this church and for the opportunity to serve you. I pray that we would always keep your glory on the front of our decisions, our hearts, our minds, that we would represent you well. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a good night, folks.